Hare Krishna. And good morning to everybody. We're very happy that you've chosen to be with us today in your homes or on your way to work. We realize that everybody is very busy, and it's very nice that you would give some portion of your day out of each day to listen to some discourse on the Srimad Bhagavatam. We're sitting in the living room of our divine hosts, Shishi Radha Kalachandi, here in Dallas, Texas. Those of you who are listening in on Mayapur TV around the world, uh, we're very happy you've chosen to join us, and I hope that you can someday make a trip to Dallas, Texas, so that you can see the beauty of their lordship, Shishi Radha Kalachandi. Today we're going to continue our reading that we've just begun in the 13th chapter of the 12th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So those of you who have a copy of your Srimad Bhagavatam close at hand, 12th canto, 13th chapter, and we'll be covering texts 4 through 9 today. Uh, the topic of our discussion today will be why the Srimad Bhagavatam is so important to us. Before we begin speaking, uh, we will ask the Lord to be with us. We know that he's here present in his deity form, so we'll ask his blessings on us and the blessings on all of you who are listening in. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hare Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hare Jai Gopi Janavala Bhagiri Vardhari Jai Gopi Janavala Bhagiri Vardhari Jai Radha Madhava Gunjabi Hare Jai Radha Madhava Gunjabi Hare Jai Gaur Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. Jai Om Vishnu Pad Paramahamsa Padivijaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Shri Shimada's Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jai Om Vishnu Pad Paramahamsa Padivijaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Shri Shimada's Divine Grace. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Ananta Koti Vaishnavarinda Ki Jai Iskan BBT Founder Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Iskan Guru Parampara Ki Jai Sri Rup Sri Sanatan Bhattaraganachi Jiva Gopal Bhattadasaraganach Sat Gosami Prabhu Ki Jai Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai Premsikaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Sri Vasari Gaur Bhaktarinda Ki Jai Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopa Kopinath Shamakun Radhakun Kirikovardhana Ki Jai Sri Vandavandam Ki Jai Sri Maturadam Ki Jai Sri Mayapur Nabaduitam Ki Jai Shri Jagannath Puri Dham Ki Jai, Shri Shri Radha Kalachanji Dham Ki Jai, Ganga Devi Ki Jai, Jamunamai Ki Jai, Tulsi Devi Ki Jai, Bhakti Devi Ki Jai, Sambhaveda Bhakta Rinda Ki Jai, Briyat Madanga, Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution Ki Jai, 
Nitai Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. Hari Krishna. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. Hari Krishna. All glories to the Assembled Devotees. Hari Krishna. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Namo Vishnu Bhattaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Saraswati Devi Gurubani Pachanine Nivasesha Shunivari Pastatadeshitane Thus we invoke the blessings of the Supreme Lord on our discussion today. Once again, reading in chapter 13 of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12. This chapter is entitled, The Glories of Srimad Bhagavatam. The text that we have written on our board today is text number 4 of chapter 13. And we'll be reading, there There are five verses combined here. Let's see, actually six, six verses combined here. And so we'll be reading all of them, all of them but first we will read text number four and chant responsively. So everybody uh, who is at home or who is somewhere that you have your copy of the Srimad Bhagavatam available, uh, please, please chant along with us. Text number four. Brahmam dasya sahasrani. Padmam Padmam Panchano Sasticha Sri Vaishnavam Trio Sri Vaishnavam Trio Vimshat Chatur Vim Chatur Vimshati Saivakam Brahmam dasya sahasrani Padmam panchona sasticha Sri Vaishnavam trayovimshat Chatur vimshati shaivakam Word for word translations Repeat with me, if you will. Brahman, the Brahma Purana, Dasya, ten, Sahasrani, thousands, Padmam, the Padma Purana, Pancha Unashasti, five less than sixty, Cha, and Sri Vaishnavam, the Vishnu Parana. Um, Triavimshat twenty three, Chatu Vimshati twenty four, Shaivakam. The Shiva Purana. And so that ends the chapter, I mean, uh, text number four. And we will, uh, we will proceed on. I'll just read the Sanskrit texts, uh, in poetic form for text number five through nine. Dashasto Sri Bhagavatam Naradam Panchavimshati Markandam Navavanam Cha Dasha Pancha Chatu Shatam Chatu Dasha Bavishyam Syat Tata Pancha Shatanicha 
ದಶಾಷ್ಟೌ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮ ವೈವರ್ಟಂ ಲೈಂಗಂ ಏಕಾದಶೈವತ್ಥು ಚಾತುರ್ವಿಂಶಾತ್ತಿವಾರಹಂಕಾಶೀತಿ ಸಹಸ್ಕೃತ ಸಹಸ್ರಖಂ ಸ್ಕಂದಂ ಶತಂ ತೈಕಂ ವಾಮಂ ವಾಮನಂ ದಶಕೀರ್ತಿ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಏಟ್ ಕೌರ್ಮ ಸಪ್ತ ದಶಾತ್ಸ್ಯಂ ತು ಚತುರ್ದಶ ಏಕೋನಾಂಶತ್ಸೌಪಾರ್ಣ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾಂಡಂ ದ್ವಾದಶಾಯಿವತು and text number 9 evam purana sandohas chatur laksha udahrita tatra tatrasta dasya sahasram shri bhagavatam mishyate we'll read the word for word let's see maybe we should just go directly to the english translation for all these texts the brahma purana the brahma purana consists of 10000 verses the padma purana of 55000 shri vishnu purana of 23000 the shiva purana of 24000 and shri bhagavatam of 18000 the narada purana has 25000 verses the markandeya purana 9000 the agni purana 15400 the bhavishya purana 14500 the brahma vivarta purana 18000 and the linga purana 11000 the varaha purana contains 24000 verses the skanda purana 81100 the bhamara purana 10000 the kurma purana 17000 the matsya purana 14000 the garuda purana 19000 and the brahman brahmanda purana 12000 thus the total number of verses in all the puranas is 400000 18000 of those once again belong to the beautiful bhagavatam so out of all these verses in the in the puranas uh there are a total of about 400000 and it is said that 18000 of those then is in our shrimad bhagavatam so we have a we have a long purport here and a and a quote from shila jiva goswami Srila Jiva Goswami has quoted from the Matsya Purana as follows. Ashtarasya Purana Nihikritva Satyavati Sutta Bharatakyanam Akilam Chakretad Upabrimitam Lakshanaikena Tatproktam Vedartha Paribrimitam ವಾಲ್ಮೀಕಿಪ್ರೋಕ್ತಂ ರಾಮೋಪಖ್ಯಾನಮ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣಿತಿ ಪ್ರವಿಷ್ಟರತ್ಯ ನಾರದೇನಾಲ್ಮೀಕಾಯ ಪುನ ಪುನ ವಾಲ್ಮೀಕಿಲೋಕೇಶು So all of that was the uh, uh, quotation from the Matsya Purana of Srila Jiva Goswami. and the english you you might have recognized some some of the terms here too satyavati sutta sutta means what the son of and satyavati 
was the wife of King um, Shatanu, who was once married to Ganga Devi uh, and produced seven sons, six of which she, right after their birth, she tossed into the river Ganga. In other words, she took them into her, her liquid form uh, as they had requested her in a previous existence. And there was one left, and that was Bhishmadev. So Satyavati then uh, became another wife of King uh, Shatanu. And uh, she bore two sons, both of whom died untimely. Uh, one died at the hand of a Gandharva, I believe, who had the same name, who was envious of this boy because the boy was so very powerful that he, he engaged him in battle and killed him. And then the younger boy of, uh, of the son of Shatyavati was, uh, was a very sickly child and he gave up his body untimely also, leaving his two brides, his princesses, um, without, without a child. And so then, uh, Srila Vyasadeva was called by his mother Satyavati. He was also the, another son of Satyavati. But he was called by her then to come and uh, take the place of his brother who had died and produce a child in, in the womb of these two girls. So that's a, that's a little bit of the background. And later on, we, we see here um, the term uh, Ramo Pakyanam Uttamam. Uh, this is referring to Lord Ramchandra, I believe, the Ramayan. And also, uh, Valmiki, Valmiki Muni, his name is mentioned in these texts that we've just read. So let's go ahead and read the English translation of these four texts from the Matsya Purana, which is, uh, being cited now from Srila Jiva Goswami. And this is the quote. After compiling the 18 Puranas, Vyasadeva, the son of Satyavati, composed the entire Mahabharata, which contains the essence of all the Puranas. It consists of over 100,000 verses, that's the Mahabharata, and is filled with all the ideas of the Vedas. There is also the account of the pastimes of Lord Ramchandra, spoken by Valmiki, Valmiki, an account originally related by Lord Brahma in one billion verses. The Ramayan, originally stated by Lord Brahma in one billion, that's with a B, one billion verses. That Ramayan was later summarized by Narada and related to Valmiki who further presented it to mankind so that human beings could attain the goals of religiosity, sense gratification, and economic development. The total number of verses in all the Puranas and the Itihasas, or histories, is thus known in human society to amount to 525,000. So that's a lot of verses, and only 18 of 18,000 of those 525,000 then are contained in our Srimad Bhagavatam. That is given to us by Srila Vyastev. So that was the that was the uh, uh, the what we just read was the translation to the text that were cited by Srila Jiva Goswami from the Matsya Purana, uh, telling us, uh, giving us further information about all the Puranas, the Mahabharata, and the Ramayana. Those are known as the Puranas, and I think there were eighteen Puranas. And there were uh, these two histories that we've spoken of, the Ramayana and the Mahabharata. That's not to minimize the importance of either of those, though, the two histories. Even though it is said that Srila Vyasadeva uh, composed the Mahabharata uh, for the age of Kali in particular, those persons who were not very advanced in spiritual life, who were not so much attuned to listening to... Um, to uh, philosophical discourses. And that that uh, probably applies to some of us too. Uh, your speaker in particular and those of you who might be listening in might be more attracted 
to the history, the stories that are in the Mahabharata, which are wonderful, beautiful stories, uh, than you are to just uh, to the philosophical discourses that are given in the Srimad Bhagavatam, even. But we have been asked we by our, our Param Guru, Srila Prabhupada, to read the Bhagavatam. And he is, he's, he spent a goodly portion of his lifetime translating it so that it would be available to us. And of course, we know that he did not complete the translation and purports for the entire Bhagavatam. But he left some of the duty to his, his uh, some of his senior disciples who were, who had, had trained themselves in, sen- in the Sanskrit language and in translating in particular. I'm thinking of Gopi Paranadana Prabhu who gave up his body just a few years ago. But he was one of the principal persons who worked on the translation of the rest of the Bhagavatam that Srila Prabhupada did not finish. And, of course, he had help as well. So we give credit to all those persons then who worked on getting this translation of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is such an important literature for us to read. Now we'll go on in this purport today for these six verses that we read. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur points out that in the first canto, third work, third chapter of this work, after Sutta Goswami lists the incarnations of Godhead, he adds the special phrase, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Svayam, which is translated, but Krishna is the original personality of Godhead. Similarly, after mentioning all the Puranas, Sri Sutta Goswami again mentions the Srimad Bhagavatam to emphasize that is the chief of all Puranic literatures. And that ends the reading of the text for today and the purport. Om Jnana Timirandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chakchunan Militam Dena Tasmai Sri Gaurave Shri Chaitanya Maravishtam Nistapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamaya Tadati Swabarantikam Bandeham Shri Guru Shri Jutta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavam Shcha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Bitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahidam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanjana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubhischa Kripasnabhyevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitanda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shiva Sadigora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Gosamaniti Namane. So we have, we have, a, a, this is only the fourth verse into the thirteenth chapter of the twelfth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And it's, it's quite, a, it's quite a long uh, listing of the different Puranas, and I think I said that there were eighteen. And uh, altogether in the Puranas, there are about 400,000 verses. Uh, but if we include the Mahabharata and the, and the Ramayana, then uh, it comes to a total of about 525,000 verses. And of all of these verses, the 18,000 verses in the Srimad Bhagavatam are considered to be superior considered to be topmost literature. So we're very, very fortunate to have been introduced to this text, this textbook, the Srimad Bhagavatam, by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. 
So the question that I would raise today is, why is it that the Srimad Bhagavatam is considered to be so important? And to know the answer to that question, we really have to have some appreciation for the background of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And we, uh, we, from the text today, we learn the extensive nature of the Puranas and the Itihatsas, or the histories, uh, which are all part of, make up part of the huge body of, of Vedic literature. So we contemplate then the subject matter of the Vedic literatures, and especially in the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, we, we give particular attention because then the Srimad Bhagavatam, um, Srila Vedavyas begins, uh, the Bhagavatam by listing all of the, uh, incarnations, the primary incarnations of the Supreme Personality God here, and also some of the, uh, devotees who, uh, are on this planet or who are on, on other planets within this universe who have some connection then with uh, the appearances that are made by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And, of course, we, we're very very familiar with the Dasha avatars, the ten principal avatars as they are, are listed. But uh, we take exception to having Krishna listed as one of the avatars. He's known as Avatari, or he is the source of all the other avatars and all the other appearances that he makes on this planet. So it's a very it's a very extensive body of literature then that has been presented to us by Srila Vyasadeva. And it and we read it so that we understand what the subject matter is and what the what the details are of the Lord's appearances and the Lord's uh, uh, fantastic pastimes. And and if if we did not have these literatures then where would we get this extensive information about the supreme personality of Godhead? For those of us who grew up in the Vedic, in the Western society, rather, uh, this literature was just simply not available to us. We didn't know it, and even if, for, even for some uh, some people who were very uh, who, who who did searching and went to libraries and found some books on the on the Vedic uh, philosophy, uh, still, uh, if they until they ran across the the books that were in, uh, translated and, and explained by His Divine Grace to the Prabhupada. Uh, it's, it's very doubtful that they could ever have become um, um, bhaktas, Krishna bhaktas. In other words, they, it's very unlikely that they would have come to the point of ever worshipping Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And, and I think that ignorance is probably... What is responsible for uh, the idea that uh, the conception that many people have of the so-called Hindu philosophy or philosophical system that there are many gods worshipped by the Hindus and they don't really know who the supreme personality of Godhead is. Our spiritual master Tamal Krishna Goswami once gave a lecture, I believe it was in Fiji, wasn't it, North where he was talking about the different incarnations. And who, not only incarnations, but the different uh, divinities that uh, are worshipped by many people who call themselves Hindu. And he was asking his audience of fairly mature people, um, who is the supreme? Is it Lord Shiva? Is it Lord Brahma? Is it Lord Krishna? Lord Vishnu? Who is the supreme person out of And this is all, I think, still available to listen to on uh, YouTube. On YouTube. What was it called? Incarnations and... Uh, uh, what was the first one? Gods, demigods, and incarnations. Uh, I think another title that was given to that series of lectures was God's Competitors. Of course, we know that those personalities that are mentioned were not really, are not really competitors, but they're really devotees of, of Krishna. Even Lord Shiva, who is considered to be a partial expansion of the Supreme Lord, sometimes he will appear as an adversary to the Supreme Lord, especially when he's trying to protect someone who is who has worshipped him. Um, and we see that always, in all cases, uh, Krishna comes out supreme. So I think Krishna, we can say Krishna probably stages such a confrontation with Lord Shiva and with others, for that matter, 
uh, just to show people, to help us to understand who is the supreme personality of Godhead, who always is victorious in, in every way. And so we find this out by by contemplating reading these Vedic literatures, particularly the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we we uh, accept as as disciples in the uh, disciplic line of Iskan Iskan Guru Parampara. We accept the Srimad Bhagavatam as the most important important literature in the world. And of course, then we have coming after the Srimad Bhagavatam, we have the Chaitanya Charitamrita which is to us is extremely important too because it tells about Krishna's pastimes coming in a golden form in the in the uh, mood and the complexion of Srimati Radharani. And so we find out what real love is all about through reading the pastimes that are given in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So we have to understand the importance of the Srimad Bhagavatam and we're uh, giving in information, we're given information about the potency of the Supreme Person. As we said earlier, uh, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, during the first part, as well, we could say all the way through the first nine cantos, um, Srila Vyasadeva is helping us to understand the potency of the Supreme Lord and understand his, his superior position to everyone. To all the demigods, all the jiva souls who are present in this material world, he is he is not equal, but he is superior to all of them. And so that's one of the, that's one of the first benefits that we get from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Our, our understanding, reading, and hearing from others about the Srimad Bhagavatam is that we learn that that what is the actual position of this little cowherd boy. Now, we see that in, when he appeared in his incarnation as Lord Ramchandra, he was a kingly figure. And he, too, was unconquerable. He, he, as a matter of fact, he, he, he was the one who took only one wife, uh, Mother Sita, and then he killed many demons in his lifetime. Had some really interesting adventures. If, if you've never read a, a condensed version of the, of the Ramayana, uh, I would encourage you to, to, to find a copy and pick it up and read it. Just, just uh, if for no other reason, because it's a very good story. It's a really good story. And as was mentioned earlier in this text, or I believe in the purport, that uh, the the Ramayana was first spoken by Lord Brahma, composing one billion verses. So, so much can be said about the pastimes of the Supreme Lord. Uh, so we present the interactions also in the Srimad Bhagavatam. We read that the interaction between the Supreme Person and, and the Jiva souls is talked about. So it's not like it's only only uh, God, the Supreme Being, who is creating everything, who is controlling everything. But also we find out that he is he's a very personal sort of fellow. That he comes and he interacts with his, his, those personalities who have developed some faith in him. And he comes to help make that faith stronger and to get rid of the influences, the evil influences that tend to take people's minds away from uh, the, the primary topics of the Vedic literatures. And that is that, that, that we're in this material world for a purpose, but it's only a temporary purpose. So we then we accept that the Srimad Bhagavatam is the most uh, well. It's, it's it has the uh, all of the activities, not all of the activities, but a, a large number of activities of the Supreme Lord, who is who is coming and acting as a person. That some that's that one piece of information that the Supreme Lord is a person is missing in the minds of of practically. All the people on this planet today, uh, we could have said at one time everybody outside of India, but now India is being influenced by the Western society, and so many of them are also uh, seem to seem to be forgetting that God is not, not only is he a person, not only is he a supreme, the supreme person, but he's very much approachable, and not only is he approachable, but he desires to be approached. 
In other words, one thing that is said is that the cause of all suffering in this material world, other than just being reactions to our previous activities, the the the, the purpose of all the suffering that we have to undergo is so that we can get to the point of turning our face back toward the Supreme Personality of God and recognizing that He does exist. Because even if a person is very famous, then what good does it, what good does it do to know that he is famous if we're not sure that he actually exists? So Krishna wants us to know that he exists. And, and you know, for the ordinary person to want such a thing would be a sign of, of great ego. If, if somebody, if somebody takes the attitude, well, I want to be known all over this world. I want people to know about me. I want people to know about all my activities, my pastimes, my history. Now, if we said that, we, you know, somebody could say, well, you're just, Rupanuga, you're just a big fat egotist, just like we thought. All you do is you're, you're just wanting all the attention. You're wanting all the glory. But when Krishna wants us to know this about himself, it's for our own benefit. Because the fact is that he is the most important. He is the most attractive personality in all the worlds, not just the material creation, but also in the spiritual world. And by knowing that, then we can find real pleasure and real happiness. Whereas if somebody said, well, Rupanuga, you're such a great person, you know, that might make me feel good, but what would what, what it do for them? Probably very little, unless I was so proud of myself that I would I would bequeath them with a, maybe a couple of hundred thousand dollars or maybe a few million dollars if I had the ability to do that. But the fact is that Krishna does have the ability to give a person everything he needs to become very happy. He wants us to be happy, but he doesn't want us to try to find that happiness that we're so much longing for here in this material world. So we have to learn the importance about reading the Srimad Bhagavatam and first of all is become convinced of the, of the simply the existence of the Supreme Person. Then the next is to, we have to come to the acceptance of his predominance over the spiritual and the material worlds. We have to know who he is. Then we have to become aware of the purpose of, of our stay in the material world. And so all of this is, it becomes very obvious by our reading and studying carefully the Srimad Bhagavatam about the predominance, the superiority of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then we also have to learn about our position in this material world to know that it is temporary. And even though it contains uh, the ability, it, it can, no, we say, should say like this, it contains the opulences that we need to make us temporarily happy, it still contains uh, an, an equal or greater portion of suffering and misery. Because Krishna allows us to take those reactions. He, it's not he who is causing us to be miserable, but he is allowing us to take certain reactions uh, to, so that we, we become very discouraged with living in this material world. Even if we get to, to the position of being billionaires, uh, such as I've, I've heard recently that they're um, among the Chinese people, they become, they become such, such, um, uh, uh, such qualified industrialists that some of the Chinese people have become millionaires. But then they have to be really careful because the government in one moment can come and take away all of their wealth and put them in prison for the rest of their lives. And, and the same is, same could be said about this country. Who was that Bernie Madoff who was a big, in, uh, he was a big Wall Street personality at one time in this country. He was taking money. People were just throwing money at him and saying, yes, please take my money, invest it, and make me wealthy. And so because of the scheme that he had set up, he wasn't really generating wealth from in, for anyone except himself and his family. And as a result of that, then uh, he had he lost everything. He lost his fame. He lost his freedom. 
He lost his family. He had to go to prison because of what he did, taking taking the wealth from people who trusted in him and using using it for for a scheme that don't only made him and his family wealthy. So we see that happening regularly if we just pay any attention at all to the world news. We hear about things that are going on all over the world. Uh, and in, our, in the last century, that the uh, 20th century that we've left just, you know, 19 years ago, uh, we had personalities like Adolf Hitler, and uh, uh, who is the who is the Prime Minister of uh, Stalin, Joseph Stalin of Russia, and uh, Benito Mussolini of Italy. These personalities gained considerable uh, political and military power. And in the case of Hitler, he wanted to take over the entire world. He thought that the German people were the the topmost race of people, and therefore. It was their right and their duty to govern all the rest of the world. And we see then at the, at the end, he just, he lost everything, including as we understand it, he took his own life. I don't know whether that was ever proven or not, but he, you know, that's what we've heard that he killed himself because he saw that he was not going to be successful. and so this this world then it served its purpose uh it it served its purpose for allowing a person like hitler to gain dominance and to cause suffering to so many people and we can say well why would krishna allow or why would he even set up a situation in which innocent people suffer you've heard people ask that question why would a just and loving god allow uh, so much misery and suffering in this world. And the fact is that he doesn't provide the suffering. He simply gives us the freedom to do with his material energy as we want to do. And then if we use it for causing suffering and misery to other people and suffering and misery to our own selves, including our own bodies, then uh, then he he provides his through his material energy he provides some reactions that we do so all of those people who were made to suffer by hitler and hit and uh, and uh, uh let's see uh what's his name the russian man uh, hmm? stalin joseph stalin and and benito mussolini all of these people then um they brought so much suffering on people, and and the reason for that is not because God has suddenly decided that all that said that this particular group of people now I'm going to let them suffer like anything for no good reason. No, of course they took their birth in a situation in which they could experience the suffering that they had coming to them from a previous existence or even from this existence. So we see then that the the jiva soul comes into this world. And and this is the this is part of the purpose of his personalities by reading the Srimad Bhagavatam so that we will know how a human being is supposed to act. So we then once we gain that knowledge, then we have to act on that knowledge that is given in Srimad Bhagavatam. And the first one of the first things that we we're supposed to do is seek out those who are more knowledgeable and accept their guidance, just like uh, Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita. Uh, he tells Arjuna, "This this is the way it's done. Just seek out a person who is in knowledge, a person, and just try to render some menial service and ask, uh, you know, ask questions." Of this person, and in other words, serve that person because uh, that person can give you enlightenment, can give you knowledge because they have seen the truth. Tadvidi punipatina. So then we act on that knowledge by looking for persons. We we have to discard the idea of the that the living entity has come into existence for the first time, because if 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 that were true then we would have to say that God is very unjust. Because if the living entity comes into into the uh, womb of a mother who happens to be in a very desperate situation and who is who is turned to some type of intoxication, some of those really foul things like uh, crack cocaine, heroin, and other things, then, uh, then how can it be said that God is just to allow a child 
who is completely innocent, to come into that situation and then expect him to get to the perfection of the human life by the end of his lifetime. If he is starting out his life in such a disadvantaged position. So we have to understand the reason then that, uh, that the living entity has already been in existence. In other words, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is stated as saying that Krishna states, he is quoted as saying that, um, uh, for the soul there is neither birth nor death. And then he goes on to say, he has not, in the past, he has not come into being. At the present moment, he is not coming into being. And in the future, he will not come into being. So the jiva souls who find themselves present in this material world then, have been here many, many times before, contrary to what other religions would have us believe, contrary to what other philosophers and scientists would have us to believe that the soul is not a product of the combination of chemical elements within this material world. Rather, the soul is an individual living entity that has come from the spiritual world uh, just because we had some little attraction to find out what this energy, this material energy of Krishna was all about. So, we have to discard the idea that we've come into existence. We have to take up the activities and the qualities of the self-realized souls. And so that means that we then have to find such personalities, inquire from them submissively, render some service to them, and they're the ones that can show us the truth because they have seen the truth. So uh, our primary purpose then uh, in this material world is not only to get ourselves freed from the clutches of this material existence, but also to work hard to give knowledge to the ignorant souls. So in spite of the fact that they don't want to hear from us, we still have to try our best to somehow get them to understand. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, 1st Chapter, 10th Verse. There is this, there's, there's this text. And the text, the translation to this text, First Canto, first chapter, tenth verse, is this. O learned one, in this iron age of Kali, men are almost always, men almost always have but short lives. They are quarrelsome, lazy, misguided, unlucky, and above all, always disturbed. So this is what Sutta Goswami is telling the sages in Naimisharanya about this age of iron, this iron age, the age of Kali, the age of darkness and ignorance. And I'll just read a little bit of the purport that is given by Srila Prabhupada, His Divine Grace, to this text. The devotees of the Lord are always anxious for the spiritual improvement of the general public. When the sages of Naimisharanya analyzed the state of affairs of the people in this age of Kali, they foresaw that men would live short lives. In Kali Yuga, the duration of life is shortened not so much because of insufficient food, but because of irregular habits. By keeping regular habits and eating simple food, any man can maintain his health. Overeating, oversense gratification, over-dependence on another's mercy, and artificial standards of living sap the very vitality of human energy. Thus, the duration of life is short. The people of this age are also very lazy, Srila Prabhupada continues, not only materially, but in the matter of self-realization. The human life is especially meant for self-realization, that is to say, Man should come to know what he is, what the world is, and what the supreme truth is. Human life means that means by which uh, uh, existence 
I'm sorry, human life is a means by which the living entity can end all the miseries of the hard struggle for life and material existence, and by which he can return to Godhead, his eternal home. But due to a bad system of education, men have no desire for self-realization. Even if they come to know about it, unfortunately, they become victims of misguided teachers. So Prabhupada has given us reasons then in his purport to this 10th verse of the first chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto. He's given us uh, reasons then that we have to go out and make some attempt. Now that doesn't necessarily mean what to do what some people do, and that is spend their whole lifetimes out distributing literatures. Although that is a very, although that is a very uh, enviable occupation, and, and it is one that is, serves the highest purpose in human society, trying to give people the intelligence by which they can can not only have a decent life in this material world. But when they end this life, to know that there is some other position that just waiting for them to come and occupy, which they have left at some time in the far distant past. So as devotees of Lord Krishna, as followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as followers and, and servants of our own spiritual masters, then our purpose in life should be to Try to enlighten people to real knowledge so that they no longer have to continue on in their existence in this material world. And therefore, uh, we say, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Iskan Guru Parampara ki jai, Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. And with that, we'll end today's discourse on the Srimad Bhagavatam. And thank you once again for being uh, so interested in your own spiritual lives that you've taken the time to join us here for this discourse on this Tuesday morning here in Dallas, Texas. All glories to the devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. And to them we offer our humble obeisances. Vanchikal patarubis cha kripas indubyeva cha patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namah anantakoti vaishnavrinda ki jai Srila Prabhupada ki jai shishi vadha kalachandidam ki jai gora premananda hari hari bo Everybody get out there and have yourselves a good day. Remember Krishna, chant the holy names of the Lord, and experience the pleasures that you're supposed to receive in this lifetime. Hare Krishna.